In any case, welcome to the Cross Country Sports Podcast. Newest episode dropping now on a Friday night. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. I'm Noah Shabbat Friedman. Shalom. Elijah Zalonki alongside, as you can hear, and dive into probably the toughest subject that me and you have discussed on this podcast in our year plus run. Um, so before, so let's get right into it. News of the week because we haven't talked to you guys in a while. Let's talk about one of Tom Brady's former assistant coaches, Brian Flores, because Mm. he has stirred up a a ton of conversation over the course of the past few weeks. And that's because he sued the NFL and it's an unprecedented lawsuit, 58 page lawsuit filed in the Southern district of New York. There's a lot of details that we can probably get into, but the main factoids is he sued the NFL. He sued the 32 teams in the NFL and a lot of testimony in those documents is damning. And I, frankly, me and you, Elijah, have not actually gone through how we were going to break this down, but I feel like when I first heard about it and I first kind of got everything together, the biggest things I took out of were minority coaches are underrepresented in football, and it's so obvious Number two, oh, yeah. racism is prevalent in football, which we already knew, basically. I mean, it's now just being brought to the forefront for the 1100th time. And yes, there is a ton of stuff that went down. The biggest things that I can take out of from this, and feel free to jump in at any point because I might just ramble on here. Brian Flores was supposed to interview with the New York Giants for their head coaching vacancy after he got fired from Miami. Bill Belichick, his former head coach who basically gave him the chance to become a rising star in this league. They went through a texting chain. Belichick starts talking about how Brian Dable gets the head coaching job of the giants. And Brian Flores was like, Hey, I just want to make sure, are you talking to me or are you talking to Brian Dable? And Bill Belichick's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And this was before Brian Flores was scheduled. I feel like this was a Monday or Tuesday text chain. And Flores was supposed to have its Giants interview on Thursday. And so I know this isn't the point, but reading that thread, I just didn't never expected Bill Belichick to use that much punctuation. Yeah. I mean, when I first it just, saw it, I was like, it caught me off guard. I was like, wait, Bill Belichick texts? Like it's just, I don't know, it just it's weird to me. When I first saw it, I was like, is this real? And yeah. sure enough, I mean, it's 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 real. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I I don't understand it, but in any case he 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 wrote back to Brian to Brian Flores, he wrote. Giants question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation point question mark. It's like I don't know. It's just it's very interesting to see the way Bill texts. Yeah, but, um, well, I know that's not the point. Personal personal lives of Bill Belichick, but there's that. There's also um, the damning evidence that I took out of it. Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, terrible Brian, person. What about being an old person? He's a crook. He's the definition of a crook. So there's a there's a word that I have for Stephen Ross. And that word is, is, is a Yiddish word. It's called altercocker, meaning an old person. Mm. It's kind of slang. Um, mm. But Brian Flores, is, Brian Flores accuses Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, of offering him $100,000 when he first became the Dolphins head coach in 2019 in order for him to lose every single game to get the number one overall draft pick. And that, it, like, if, if those incriminating posts are to be true Stephen ross has to sell the dolphins it's 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 obviously a lot different from let's say donald sterling 
case with the Los Angeles Clippers and how people um, made him out to be a racist, which he was. There's literally tape. But it's kind of like Pete Rose betting on games and then him getting banned by baseball for life. And if that is the case, Stephen Ross has got to go and there has to be new ownership in Miami. So there's that. And then the third thing that really caught my eye in the Flores report was he had an interview with the Denver Broncos around the same time, 2019. And he accuses John Elway, then the vice president of football operations and Joe Ellis, the CEO. They were an hour late, number one. And number two, they look to have been hungover. Now Elway vehemently denies those claims. He says that he had an interview the night before with another coaching candidate, and he was supposed to fit in Flores in the window that was offered to them, which I find to be kind of touchy because... Yeah, I feel like that's like, that doesn't really help his case very much. No, he basically is saying, oh, I had to be on such short rest because of the fact that we only had this amount of time to interview Flores. And I think the biggest, so obviously the two biggest things I take out of it, one Black coaches need more opportunities in the NFL and they're not GMs and then yeah, they just need more jobs. And then number two is that the, there needs to be reformation of interviewing coaches at some point, because we can tie this into recent coaching news that we'll talk about as we sprinkle this in. Yeah. But you see the problem with that is that with, you know, like incentivizing hiring black or just minority head coaches in general is that, now that we know what Steven Ross did, it's like any like say I'm an owner and say I'm an asshole, right? I could hire a black coach and be like, look how progressive I am, right? Like a, a virtue signaling hire. And then I could say, hey, hey, buddy, guess what? If you every time you lose a game, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars, right? And then you know, that puts that that compromises the position, Flores or whoever the minority coach is, right? Because then it's like do you tank? Like, you know, like, what does this owner want? Like, are we not on the same page? Do we not have the same objectives? And then no matter what, it pretty much automatically makes that coach a lame duck because, you know, if he plays well, then he's going against the owner's interest. And if he doesn't play well, then, you know, he's going against the fan's interest and the owner, like the, 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 the fan base won't bet an eye when that guy gets fired. So it's like, it's one of those things where, yeah, we could incentivize it all we want, but it's like, say we give an extra third round pick if you hire a minority coach. I'm just making something up. Then what's going to stop like um, the, a Stephen Ross type from being like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hire, uh, I'm going to hire Byron Leftwich, uh, you know, just to, you know, build up your street cred, so to speak, get your extra pick, but then you're just going to fire him anyway, no matter what. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's so hard to incentivize because we don't know how much integrity these owners have. Well, they, we know they don't have a lot of integrity at all because they're owners, but um, like, we, we don't know like where their motivations lie. Like we don't know like what tactics go through their brain. We don't know what goes on in the owners meetings behind closed doors. Um, I imagine it's a big old circle jerk, uh, but I don't know, man. I, I'm just saying like, it, this is very, very complicated to, it's very complicated to enforce hiring a certain person um, because like these owners, we can't trust the owners to do the right thing at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a touchy subject because if you think about the fact that when we seem to be an ever changing world and this doesn't just apply to sports, it applies to society in general. Like you can think back on even the last two years 
how tired that people have been on social issues and things of that nature and how it ties back into sports. Thinking, think about some of the names in this current coaching cycle that are out there right now who have not gotten jobs yet. And we'll talk about the two coaches in recent times who have gotten jobs who are white. But think Eric about Bien-Ami. Eric Bieniemy is one of them who's literally been in the last four head coaching cycles off and interviewed for jobs. He's not and even, not even my favorite one. one. Like Byron Leftwich, yep. uh, uh, Todd Bowles. Yep. Todd Bowles, who, by the way, had a good season with the Jets originally. Um, but then, you know, like I, it still was the Jets. You know, they had a terrible organization. But like, um, you know, Hugh Jackson yep. coming out. Like, I know that's a little different, but. Um, you know, the Bears fired Lovey Smith after a 10 and 6 season. Yep. Hired a it, dude from Canada. Wait, no. Is that? Yeah, yeah Mark no, Tressman. It was Canada. Mark Tressman. Yeah. Mark Tressman, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like good on the Bears for getting a black GM. That's pretty cool, but it's not like, you know, I mean, but, no, that's cool. It's good. But, but like David Coley is another minority head yep. coach who got fired this offseason because of philosophical differences, according to the, to the Texans GM. And like, obviously, that's just, you know, a, a, a smoke show in itself. But like, you know what like, I think might happen? I could see a scenario where Bruce Arians retires, and like, and w- with the promise that Brian Leftwich takes over for him or Todd Bowles takes over for him, I could see Arians doing that. That could easily be the case, except for the fact that Arians already admitted he's coming back. So, and he he oh, said that, he uh, said that before mind. Tom Brady retired. But obviously, things could be different. But yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that because Byron Leftwich was a candidate in Jacksonville and we already have talked about how much of a slam dunk hire that would be based off of his merits, not because of the color of his skin. And yeah, what is, and also like just based on the fact that he was their quarterback for so long. Like, yeah, like, like I associate the Jags with him. It would have been an amazing love story. Instead, the Jaguars hired Doug Peterson who, and again, this isn't a slight on Doug Peterson because Doug Peterson, not at all. You know, Super Bowl he's, winning he's, got, coach. he's got Fred too, you know? And yeah. And he, he's going to be great because he's got the number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. He's already got Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one overall pick and shows some sort of certainty. Also, by the way, breaks a lot of um, the coaching trends that I was talking about, where if you fire a defensive guy, you hire an offensive guy, et cetera. The Jaguars and Shad Khan went in a different direction, hired another offensive guy and Doug Peterson, who, by the way, four years ago or three years ago today, beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, yep. Just fun fact out Which there. I think is the best Super Bowl of all time, like objectively, not even not like my favorite. I mean, it might be my favorite Super Bowl, but like that was a great friggin game. It was a great game, but Super Bowl 42 makes a nice run for me. And that's again, because that's of fair. That's fair. I give you that. back to the fact I give you that. That was pretty epic. That's a good one. Um, I have so many stories from that one. But in any case, not to get too far down the rabbit hole, the Jaguars hire Doug Peterson, who is white. The Vikings have now, reported. Didn't Byron Leftwich take his name out of the running because Byron Leftwich took his name out of the running because he knew that the Jags were going to hire Doug Peterson. And, and so I thought it was I thought it was because of Trent Balky. It, it, it could also be because of Trent Balky, who. If you if you know him, he was the 49ers GM who worked. He's the one who he's the reason the Niners fell apart, at, like because they fired Harbaugh and then they couldn't do anything. Right. And and the Vikings, speaking of which, interviewed Harbaugh for their head coaching vacancy. They went in a different direction. They reportedly have hired Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. The problem is they, they can't they can't officially say they have because Kevin O'Connell is going to be coaching in Super Bowl 56 with the L.A. Rams. So. Again. As a Bears fan, I, I'm not. 
I don't like hiring offensive coordinators. I don't think it's the move. Well, I mean, I know it's like what teams do, but I just don't think it's like, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's the best way. I just, I just don't think it's the best approach. I think defensive minds are better suited as head coaches ultimately, but that's a whole other conversation. Like that's not about race. That's about. Okay. My football brain. Let's think to the last five Super Bowls. Can we do that for one quick second? So yes. Bruce Arians, former offensive coordinator, wins the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, but old, old, old. He's done everything. Like, he's held every job in the business, but fair. Andy Reid, offensive guy, won the yes. Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Got lucky, yes. Doug Peterson, won the Super Bowl Doug with the Peterson. Philadelphia Eagles, offensive coordinator of the Chiefs formerly. Was he an offensive coordinator? He was an offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs before he took the Eagles position. So there is right, that. Right. And I'm trying to think, what was the last Super Bowl? Wait, 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 you're skipping, wait. And, I'm skipping and one? 53, oh, you're skipping Belichick. Oh, okay, well, okay, yeah. there you go. I mean, you know, Belichick. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. I guess Kubiak is, Kubiak, yeah, Gary Cooper. Kubiak's offensive, offensive guy. But also, like, you know, oftentimes, even if you have a great offensive head coach, it's like the defense is the ones who step up. So maybe my logic isn't the best there. I got I to gotta work on that theory. Also, Mike Ditko is a former tight end, and his defense is arguably the greatest of all time with the 1985. That was not his defense. That was Buddy Ryan's defense because the Ryan family are absolute wizards. And the I'm only just reason, saying. The I'm, only reason why Rex Ryan doesn't have a job right now is because he's fat. <laughs> I'm dead serious because he's God. the smartest man. He, he, he might be the smartest defensive mind the game's ever seen. The Ryan, like both Ryans. Did you know I worked with his brother for like three months? Rob or Rex? Rob Ryan. Rob Ryan. You worked with Rob? I worked with Rob for three no months. No way. Yeah. When? Yeah, I was an intern at Fox Sports Radio, and he was the talent for the Sunday show that I was working on because I interned at Fox Sports Radio twice a week um, during my senior year of college. So, and he was there. So, that was That's awesome. He, he was really. I funny love. Dude. I love Rob Ryan. I think he's like just a great defensive brain. Like Very, I said. Very funny dude. Um, but in any case, let's circle back to why we were talking about coaches in the first place. Of course, the last two and most recent coaching hires are all are both white. The there have been five reported well, reportedly six now coaching vacancies filled. They have all been filled by white men. And and I want to be clear, like we're not trying to criticize these white men because we know that they've worked hard to get where they are, right? You know, like yes. they they built up a reputation by being good at their jobs and everything. But it's like, the point is that, you know, it, it's, it's about consistency in that, you know, there's 70% of the NFL is black. And so head coaching positions should reflect that. We're not taking anything away from these people who, you know, have worked hard and have had a goal of becoming an NFL head coach. That's not what it is. Mm-hmm. What it is, is that, it, like I said, the numbers should reflect the other numbers. Right. And in in the report, which I find to be, you know, very interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how this is proven in court, but Flores cites Jim Caldwell, who we've talked about, literally guided the Colts to the Super Bowl, guided the Lions to a playoff appearance for the first time since the 90s, and he gets fired for whatever reasons that the Lions have. They hire Matt Patricia. The Lions are terrible. The Lions have been terrible ever since. And the Lions have been, you know, a terrible franchise for – literally most of its tenure besides Barry Sanders and like just thinking about how black coaches have gotten fired. Right. And it's it's also like they they have such 
like they have such little room for error compared to a lot of white coaches. And I mean, like in the sense of performance, but also like temperament, like, have you ever seen an African-American head coach just lose his shit on the sideline? No, you haven't because we've seen Tony Dungy. We've seen Lovey Smith, you know, like, and like they all like, there's like this expectation to be so even keeled for black head coaches. The one Mike Tomlin once ran on the field in the middle of a game, which was really funny. But other than that, didn't he trip like, Jacoby Jones? Yeah, he did. It was hilarious, yeah. and it was great gamesmanship. And he got fined, and they lost the draft pick, and it was fair. But it was like, yeah, like lessons learned. Was, what are my favorite? What are my favorite bad moments in football? But anyway, that's not the point. The point I'm making is like, in the boys, the Amazon. You watch the boys, right? I have. Yeah, I still haven't started yeah. season two. I need to. So do that. in the last episode of season two, um, don't spoil Giancarlo, anything now. Did you not see season two? No, I said I have to start season two. Oh. Well, okay, someone says, a black man on the show says, I can't rage, I can't lash out like some raging entitled maniac. That is a white man's luxury. And I just think that, you know, that's kind of applicable to head coaching in the NFL. Because, you know, we see Jim Harbaugh, and I love Jim Harbaugh, but we've seen him lose his shit on the sidelines. We've seen, you know, um, I've seen Matt Nagy throw temper tantrums. Obviously not the best example. He's not a coach. Um, but it's like, you know, just like the expectations for a black head coach are so rigid. And I just feel like, you know, there's a lot, like these owners really need to shift a lot of their thinking in so many different ways. I mean, it's no surprise. Just look at like who they donated their, uh, you know, their money to for politics and things like that. But I'm just saying. I mean, it, it, it it's just such a slippery slope because of how much black people in this country have had to overcome in due time and have had to work for way more on the dollar than the white man. Like that's just the basis of it as it comes down to, but in the suit, Brian Flores says that he wants to see more influence from black individuals in the hiring and firing processes spurred in part by a committee to source potential black investors to become stakeholders and teams. Because if you look, there is black representation in executives in the NBA the same goes for Major League Baseball. The same goes for the National Hockey League. Can you name any black owners in the National Football League, Elijah? Nope. I can name one in the NBA, Michael Jordan. Okay. So the, the point is there is underrepresentation from black people in sports. Like that's just in, in higher powers. And that's why things have been run of the mill as they have been. But there's that. Flores wants more objectivity, including written rationale for hiring and firing decisions, as well as side-by-side -side criteria for candidates when they go through the interview process. More Black coordinators, facilitated in part by a training program for promising lower-level Black coaches created and funded by the NFL. Pay transparency, because obviously that's a discrepancy regardless of wherever you look in society. It's just obvious. White people make more in this country than Black people. And mm -hmm. perhaps most ambitious incentivizing hiring and retention of black candidates through monetary or draft compensation, as well as additional cap space. That's just like spark notes version of what Flores wants in the suit. And what Flores, these are very good like solution ideas. I really do. Yeah. Like, these, like that, those make a lot of sense. It doesn't Get seem like it's right? that hard to do. Like that's the problem. It shouldn't be. Like, it but, shouldn't be. but we have people who are not progressive thinkers. Right. Yep. That's what the NFL has been like. We just saw this week the team that was the Washington football team and they were the R word before that 
they finally changed their name to the Washington Commanders. Like, which is so stupid, and it's kind of a lateral move. I actually, I actually love the team name, but I hate the. You, you do? How? I, I, I hate the uniform. So that's actually worse because then I actually visually have to see that. And also, Commanders is a very long team name. But that's that's the only criticism I have of it. I think I think the team name is great. Um, getting back on track here, like just thinking about how the NFL has been racist for, for due time. What Brian Flores is doing in filing this suit against the NFL, it's 32 teams and all the people that we've talked about so far is basically what Colin Kaepernick did when he took a knee. Like that, that's what it is. Like Brian Flores is saying that he is going to die on a hill with the chance of never coaching in this league ever again, if he can somehow see change. And I mean, I don't know about you, Elijah, but, that's heroic. Like it, it, it is. It's 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 courageous for the most part, but also it's like he doesn't need to do it because we should have conformed to this moment by now, and Colin Kaepernick should have been one of many lessons we could have taken out of it. And oh, no doubt, and that's why you know when Kaepernick did his thing, you know there was a great divide among NFL fans when it happened. But it's like I, you know, like I feel like anyone, any rational, smart-ish person would realize the whole point of his protest never had anything to do with the flag. And it was just about racial injustice in America. And it's not just about cops either. You know, it's about like, you know, jobs and job security, things like that. And it's just like, I, I I mean, you know, I, I, I really hope that people, um, first of all, I hope Flores still gets a job because for one thing, um, you know, I don't, I don't think he should get blacklisted like Kaepernick did. And also, I think he's a hell of a coach. Uh, but for another thing, it's like, I mean, I, I just, I feel, fuck, what was I going to say? I was going to say. Just just say Flores is a damn good coach because that's what he is. And there's Flores no reason why he should have gotten fired. I feel me. bad. Like, I mean, you know, like, I just feel bad that he'd have to take this fall if, you know, necessary. But, um, you know, at the same time, like, I commend him for standing up for something he believes in. Yeah. I, I think that's basically the just the gist of it. And here's an Standing up for himself, really, and here's for you know other black coaches in the future. So well, and you mentioned Hugh Jackson because that's a very good point that I think we shouldn't forget about. So Hugh Jackson's currently the coach of Grambling State. He coached the Oakland Raiders to you know what I thought was a very decent time when he got promoted from within. He was the offensive coordinator, and then Al Davis, the owner, ended up dying. He ended up becoming the head coach. Um, I really thought that was going to stick, but he ended up getting fired for philosophical differences. He goes to Cleveland. He accuses the current owner, Jimmy Haslam, who hired him of basically the same thing that Brian Flores was talking about with Stephen Ross, basically incentivizing, hey, you lose, you get money. Um, and so that's very damning. And of course, Hugh Jackson lost, I think, I think he went one in 15 in his first year in Cleveland. And then he ended up getting a contract extension for some reason. And that was like the incentivized nature of Cleveland doing its dealings. So there's that because Brian Flores doesn't necessarily have to be alone in this endeavor. Hugh Jackson's already spoken out about it. Marvin Lewis, a former head coach, oh, yeah. is at the Bengals. And By the way, Marvin Lewis Ravens. made the Bengals like somewhat respectable. Yeah. Before Zach Taylor, of course. Um, right. And again, this just goes back to what we've been talking about, but um, if all of this comes out and is true, like, you know, we're in for a wild ride. I'll, I'll just say that. Like that's, Oh yeah. And, and I mean, I'm hoping I hope that, that, that I hope it doesn't affect 
you know, I hope that I still get to watch football on Sundays, every Sunday and all that, but it's also like, um, yeah, no, it, it just like it, it would change a lot of things and that's a good thing. You know, that's what we need. Well, you, you the might problem not have... with this game. And I know like to the owner's credit, and I know this is very shallow of me. Like I do appreciate the product that they put out every year, even though like really it's the players who do it. It's like, I know that like a lot of thinking goes into that. And I, like, you know, I, I can respect that and only that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, get better at diversity guys. Come on. Like, like wh- wh- how are we doing this? Well, how are we so behind at this point? You know how they can start Elijah? There's, there's, there's reportedly four more coaching openings, but the Vikings are going to hire Kevin O'Connell after the Super Bowl. So there's three more openings, the Texans, the Dolphins, and the Saints. What you can do to start is you can hire only the second black coach, head coach in this league, because Mike Tomlin's the only one right now. Like, thinking Texans, about how- the Dolphins and the Saints. Yeah, you know, especially like, I feel like New Orleans, absolutely, at this point, now that uh, Sean Payton, I mean, obviously Sean Payton was an institution, but like at this point, New Orleans has to have a black head coach. It's like, I just, just the, the city, the well, culture, like, it's like, I don't know, man. Well, maybe they, maybe they, that's super racist of me to say. But they've, like, they've talked the to Derek Bianami, right? So right. They, 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 they've interviewed him. Flores is a candidate. They, um, Mickey Loomis, their GM, came out and said that they were very impressed by him. And then also Flores was interviewed in Houston, which has New England Patriots ties. So like, I'd like to see like, Leftwich go to New Orleans, honestly. It could very like well be James a chance. Winston He's very familiar with the NFC South. Or there James could be Winston and Byron Leftwich have something in common. Or, you know. They're both black like, quarterbacks that everyone assumed could run. Or, you know, too, like your idea of Bruce Arians taking back what he said and stepping down and having one of his two black coordinators take over, you know, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be great. So, that'd be great. You know, that could happen too. But, and just we'll, to we'll like that. I said again, like, I'm, I, I do still, you know, I like the Eberflus hiring. I, I like, I still, even though he's a white dude, I yeah. just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's so hard to be, to advocate for people while not ripping at the people who were, who they are competing against for these jobs, you know, because I don't want to hate anyone. Right. No. The, it, it's just the problem of people not being hired based off of their merit, um, but being discouraged based on their skin color. And that's what right. people are, tr- that's what Brian Flores, especially besides the stuff that I read is trying to basically put at the forefront is that minority representation needs to be a majority forefront. And yes. that's what we, that's what we, that's what we want to see. And w- one more thing before I, before I, I think we can wrap this up. So the suit says at the beginning, it's a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the the famed uh, civil rights advocate. It says, it's a quote from him, morals cannot be legislated, but behavior can be regulated. The law cannot make an employer love me, but but it can keep him from refusing to hire me because of the color of my skin. I just think that embodies everything that Brian Flores is going for. I truly- It would be so awesome. It would be so awesome if, they were able to change the rules. And I feel like because of how, uh, you know, how popular the NFL is, I feel like so many other businesses can follow suit and it would just be really, really good for the country. It would be amazing to think how backwards of thinking the NFL has gone through in 
its time since rising to national prominence and really becoming the most popular sport in America. Probably, I would say, the late 80s, early 90s is when that was really starting to take effect. Um, and see if we can get some reformation here um, because this latest one might shake the NFL to its core. So that's really what it all comes down to for me. I'm hoping that that's what will be the case. And uh, salute to you, Brian Flores, for essentially being the fall guy, but hopefully you get rewarded for it because this is truly a sign of the times. By the way, speaking of all this, I'm pretty sure the Bears are hiring Rick Bisaccia as a special teams coordinator, which I just think is – That'd be huge. Um, that'd be, I mean, be good signing for the Bears, and hopefully he gets another shot at being a head coach because he did a good job with uh, Las Vegas. And, and speaking of which, too, if we want to wrap up coaching hires, the Colts hired Gus Bradley, who was the Raiders' defensive coordinator, so to the same position. So uh, Why? Because Gus Bradley is a good defensive coordinator. <laughs> is he? Yes. Okay, well, good job. Wait, I, I've never actually – I actually – I don't know much about Gus Bradley, to be completely honest. Well, like, I don't he, know was, he was the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach for three seasons. Oh, he was the one with Awful. the Seahawks originally. That's right. Yeah, he was with the Seahawks. Then he became the yeah. Jaguars head coach. And then he had he's had stops since with the L.A. Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders and has now taken Matt Eberflus's former post. So hmm. – He's the defensive coordinator of the Colts now, which is... Oh, yeah, he was a bad head coach, but also the Jags are the, the Jags. The Jaguars are terrible, and we can right. talk about... Same as, you know, same, it's the, the same as the Todd Bowles logic. It's like, yep. we, we can, really we, judge him based on, you know, how bad that team is. So, you know. We can talk about how terrible of an owner Sean Conn is, but, you know, that would just be another entirely... I think that I should player. own an NFL team. Good luck in getting... No, I don't have any assets or anything, but they should just give me one and be like, yo, you're in charge now. Expansion franchise. You heard it. The first thing I would do is change the uniform colors to sparkly pink. That'd be fun. That'd be pretty fun. Well... I wouldn't actually do that. In any case... We've we've exhausted our talent for the night. I feel like that was yeah no, that, was, that was a, that was a lot a, to take in. But I mean, a lot to take in for sure. And yep. um, you know, I uh, ho- hope you know. I just hope that the NFL finally figures this ish out. Yep get get your get your stuff straight, NFL. That's really what it all comes down to. Um, but in any case, Elijah, you have a sports network. It's called the Easy Sports Network. You can follow it on Twitter. Go watch his videos. They're awesome. I'm basically all caught up. I now. just posted another one. What just happened? Episode six is out. So From the out. AFC and NFC championship games? You know it. Okay. Well, we have a lot more lighthearted conversation to look forward to next week because Super Bowl 56 is very, 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 very close to being here. Um, we're nine days out. So let's, let's, uh, have a good count, people. let's have a good stretch run here. Follow Elijah on Twitter, Ezelonky, me on Twitter, Noah Friedman underscore. Get our podcast on Anchor, which streams to Spotify, Google, Apple. Don't know any other podcast sites, but those are the big ones. And we'll talk to you guys again next week with the Super Bowl preview. Woohoo! And Shabbat Shalom.